Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us online today. We're thrilled and honored that you came to be part of the service today, and we're just blessed to have you. Uh, so wherever you're watching, maybe across the nation, maybe in our city, wherever you are, we want to let you know that you belong to be part of this family. And at Impact Life Church, our vision here is to impact generations for Jesus. And so we know that God has got a word for you right where you're at, right where you're sitting this morning, or maybe you're watching it later or throughout the week. We just want to let you know that God's got a word for you today in this season. And aren't you thankful that we serve a God, just like what Julian said, who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that our God, our King, our Lord is so good. He's so kind and he's never changed. He's never switched from that role. And he's continuing to do the same thing for us, even to this very day. So if you got your Bibles with you, I want to encourage you to open up with me, turn with me, because I got a couple verses that I want to go with you today. And over the course of, you know, a couple weeks, we've been going over uh, just a series called Becoming a Friend of God. And that's something that the Lord has been really stirring up in my heart, because uh, I know even during, you know, this year has been quite the year, and a lot of different things changing, a lot of things happening in our natural world. And how do you know that, again, like God doesn't change, but God still has a plan. He's still in doing things. He's still involved in things. And so what we wanted to do here as Impact Life Church and as, a, as, the, as the family, live, those that are watching online, uh, we want to be in on what God is doing. And that's his plan. That's his goal for you and I, is that we're not outsiders to what God's doing, but that we could actually have inside information to what God is doing in this day and in this age. And so that's why we've been talking about becoming a friend of God. And what does that look like? How do I become friends with this uh, this God that people talk about. And we're going to just take some time to delve into that, to really understand from the Word of God, from the Scriptures, what God says for us to walk closer with Him. And before I kind of jump into that, again, I want to just remind you, maybe you've been watching uh, for the past couple weeks, and the Lord gave us this word, encounter. And this is something that us as a church family, I know for myself personally, is that when I have to get the word from God, there needs to be corresponding action to what I've been, what I've heard. And so when we heard the word encounter, God said it like this to us. We are to expect, we are to prepare our hearts, and we are to create an environment for encounters with him. And the reason, again, for that is not only do we want to encounter the love of God. Again, I'm not looking for some external thing. And if that happens, great. But I'm talking about from the inside. I can have encounters with the Holy Spirit on the inside. And from my encounters that I've had with him, Personally, I now am able to be an encounter for other people so that Jesus can be seen, can be felt, can be experienced through my life. And that's one of the goals that I have for my personal life. But also here as this church is that we want people to encounter Jesus by being coming not only to this building or watching online, but just by be, being part of this church family. Wherever we go, people are encountering the love, the goodness, the, the kindness of our Savior Jesus. And so this is what we've been doing. And so our response to that word encounter is this, is that we are going to press in and we're going to prepare. We are going to press in. Press into what? Press into our relationship with Jesus. Press in, like in a greater way than we've ever had before. I'm hungry to know him in a deeper and better way. My hunger for God, and this is things that we've been talking over the course of these past couple weeks, but my hunger for God, my desire to know him intimately is the safest place for me to live in these last days. In the world, the Bible already tells us it's going to get darker and darker. That's why you see Jesus, even in John chapter 15, his message to his disciples before he went to the cross was, hey, disciples, stay close, abide in me, live in me, and let my words live in you. So God is really commanding you and I, we got to stay close. 
just like a loving parent, like maybe you, you got children of your own, and anytime you're in a busy street or you're in a parking lot, what do you tell your little ones? I got four little kids, and that's one thing. Anytime that we're in a, in a parking lot or crossing a street, hey kids, I want you close. Stay close to me. Stay close to me. Why? Because there's dangers out there. There's things that are going on out there. There's you know cars ripping back and forth in the street. I want you close. Well, the, our Father is the exact same way. In these days that we're walking in, Yes, they're dark. Yes, they're evil. But here's the good thing. God is calling you and I closer. Come in. Come close. Stay close. I want you close by what I say. Close by what I'm doing. See what I'm saying. Hear what I'm doing. Right? I want you to be close by what I'm doing. So this is what we've been focusing on as a church is that my hunger for God, again, as I said, is the safest place for me in these last days. And so what I'm doing is I'm intentionally turning the switch on in my heart to be turned on to God to be more in love with him than I was yesterday, to continue to go after him with a, with a full heart, ready to receive from him everything that he has in store for me. Now, we said this, a casual approach to my relationship with God, to a casual approach to uh, the word of God, will leave me in a very confused state. Christians have become weird. They have messed up thinking when they stray away from what the, what the word or what the Bible says. So God is really telling us, stay close. Right? It's so important that we let the word, not only are we in the word, but we let the word remain and dwell on the inside of us so that it has the right of way. And it's so crucial for us as believers, as Christians, that the word of God actually dwells on the inside of us. You know, Colossians 3 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And this is what we're doing, especially in these last days. And that, I believe that's the desire of your heart. That's the desire of my heart. That's the desire of the impact family is we want to be so close with him that we know what he's doing. We know what he's saying. We know his leading and we're closely following him at every step of the way. And I believe that's for you. So again, we've been talking about becoming a friend of God and where does it begin? It really begins with a desire to know him, a desire to know him. And this Greek word, uh, desire, you see quite a bit throughout the New Testament, is this word orgizo in the Greek. I sound like a Greek scholar, don't I, when I say that, orgizo. And what does that mean? Orgizo means it's a longing, it's a craving, it's an urge, it's a burning desire, it's a yearning ambition to achieve something or to see something happen in one's life. It also portrays a, a person so fixed on the object of his desire that his whole being is stretched forward, reaching forward to take hold of that goal or object, and he will not be satisfied until he reaches it and sustains it. Now, just as much as you and I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, des I'm building a desire in my heart for God and I'm straining out for him, well, I want you to know that you're not the only one doing that. Our Heavenly Father... Since he sent Jesus, he had been wanting and desiring, yearning for a relationship with you and I. So it's reciprocated. We love him because he first loved us. God had a desire for you and I. You can read that in James chapter 4. You actually see that he actually placed within us a, uh, his spirit who yearns for our devotion, yearns for our affection. God already has been reaching out for you and I. He craves us. He wants us close. He wants to bring us in. So God loves it when we reciprocate that same desire. God, I want to know you. I want to be with you. I want to be so close to you. I want your word to be in me. You can read that in the, throughout the Psalms too. You see constantly the desire of the psalmist is, I want to be close to you. Man, as the deer pants for the, for the water, so does my heart pant for you, O oh God. You can just see this love and this affection that the psalmist have. And that's what we are um, stirring up on the inside of us as well. Because again, it's a safe place for us to live. 
right? It's the, it's the greatest and safest place as, the, as a church, but also as individuals. Man, this is where we live. This is who we are. We are so in love with Jesus that we're not moved by all the things we see out here in the natural. Our love for Jesus is what drives us, is what propels us to move and advance his kingdom on this earth, right? Amen. Woo, okay. Now, what if I don't have a desire for God? What do I do then? If I don't have a desire for him, well, look at Revelation. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 2. And I want to just give you a quick little tidbit before we jump into what we want to talk about today. But if you're kind of sitting there and going, man, I don't really have a desire for God. I, I used to back in the day. You know, maybe when I first accepted Jesus, I was so on fire for him. I, I loved, you know, being in his word. I loved spending time in prayer. But oh, as the time kind of went on, it started to wane. Well, I want to just show you Jesus actually has a message for a church in these last days. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, you actually see Jesus having specific messages for his end time churches. And how many of you know that we are the end time church? We are here in these last days. So the book of Revelation is very much alive for us. This is, you can see what Jesus would be saying. If he were to talk to us today, you can see it in the book of Revelation. And in Revelation chapter 2, uh, verse 4 and 5, I'm going to read to you from the Passion Bible here for a moment. But he's talking to the, uh, the church in Ephesus, and he says this. I mean, after saying that there are a lot of good things that they've been doing, he says, I have, this, I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. Now, this isn't a condemning, this isn't a guilt-ridden text that he's writing here or the words that are coming out of Jesus' mouth. This actually, if you take it to heart, is an encouraging thing. He's telling you, hey, if, remember what you used to do? He said, remember all the works that you used to do in the past? Just get back to it. Get back to it. Repent means that not this, oh God, I messed up and I'm so sorry I did all this wrong. No, no, no. Repent simply means to have a new thought, have a new mind, the mind of Christ and go, okay, God, this is how I've been thinking. I'm willing to have a new thought and I'm going to go all out this way. But I want you to see this here. Desiring God has nothing to do with feelings. This word ergizo, again, for the, the Greek word desire, is not some kind of emotion. You're not, you don't need to wait for some emotion to have a strong desire for God. You don't have to wait till all of a sudden you're crying in a worship music service. You don't have to wait till all of a sudden you hear a, a profound teaching that all of a sudden stirs you up. And thank God all those things are wonderful. They're great. But did you know that you could actually stir it up for yourself? You could actually turn yourself on to God. And listen, no feelings are required. Again, because if you're waiting for a feeling to begin to have a desire for God, you'll be waiting for a very long time. Why? Because again, it has nothing to do with emotion or feelings. Look again what Jesus said. Instead, he said, do the works of love you did at first. Say that with me. Do the works of love you did at first. So that is return to your passion for me, Jesus is saying, that motivated you at first. So I want you just to remember for a set, maybe just where you're sitting, just remember for a moment what did you do when you first accepted Jesus? What was that like when all of a sudden you experienced the love of Jesus and what he did? When your eyes were open to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus and what he did on the cross for you? What, what did that stir on the inside of you? I'm sure there was this, oh, this, oh man, he's amazing. And what did you do because of all that? Were you in your word more? 
Were you praying? Were you talking to God more? Were you spending time fellowshipping him, like I said, in the word or in, in prayer? Was church like an exciting thing? Oh man, I, I can't wait to go be with my brothers and sisters. I can't wait to hear the word of God. What Jesus is saying is, go back and just start doing it. When you start doing these things, guess what? That desire and that passion will come back. Feelings may follow. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So if you're like, oh, I don't really have a desire for God. I don't really have an interest in getting to know him greater. Listen, okay. So if you're like, I'd like to get to that place. Good. What do I do? Just do the works that you first did when you first fell in love. What did you do? You spent time in the word. Well, I don't feel like you're, I don't feel like it. Make yourself. Oh, I used to pray, you know, I'd spend time praying in other tongues and I just spend time just, you know, fellowshiping with God and it was amazing, the experiences and the things that I've seen and the, the revelation from God's word that he revealed to me. I just, I loved it. Just do it. Well, I don't feel like it. Do it anyways. Just do the works because guess what? The desire or the, the feeling will shortly come right afterwards, but you got to do the work. So say that with me. Do the work. Look at your spouse or look at your person sitting next to you. Say, do the work. Do the work, do the work, do the work. That's all that it is. A passion, I mean, my passion for God didn't come because of, you know, some special thing happened to me. No, what do you do? I did the work. I'm going to spend time with God in his word. And as you spend time in his word, this word is alive. It'll start talking back to you. And that passion, that desire to be in constant relationship with Jesus, to go deeper in intimacy with him, it comes. It'll just continue to stir. I'm in love with Jesus simply because I spent time with him. I spend time in his word. And anytime you spend time with Jesus, guess what? You're going to want more of him. That's how amazing our king and our God is. And the wonderful thing is, is he's calling you to a close relationship with him. James 4 eight tells us that if you come close to God, he will come close to you. But what is he waiting on? He's waiting on you and I to take the first step. And in taking the first step, what does it say about God? Then God will come close to you. So who's first? You and I have to take the first initial step. And what will happen? He'll take the next step. Well, why do I have to go first? Because Jesus already moved 2,000 years ago. When he came to this earth, he died. What's available? He is available. Open arms and saying, hey, come to me, all of you that want me. You want me? Come and get me. And by taking a step, guess what? God will take a step. Whatever you give him, he will take it and he will absolutely fill it up. So I encourage you, you can have as much of God as you want. And that's really the cool thing. Again, you and I are experiencing as much of God in our lives as we want. If you want more of God, guess what it takes? Do the work, right? If you don't want more, any more of God, well, you just can sit back and do nothing. But I know that's not you because we're continuing to push forward in our relationship with God because he wants to encounter us. He wants to reveal his goodness. He wants to reveal who he is. He wants to reveal his goodness, his kindness, his love, his mercy, his power. This is who our God is, and he wants to do it in your and my life. So I encourage you, do the work, do the work, do the work. I don't feel like it. Make yourself do it. Make yourself do it. Get up that hour before work and say, Lord, I'm dedicating this hour to just be with you. Watch it. He will pay you back. He said he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When you give him that time, guess what? He will take it and he will bless you for it by giving you more of himself. And that's exactly what we're looking for. And in this day and in this age, this is exactly what we need. We need Jesus more than anything. Okay. Now, Hope you're having a good time out there because I'm, I'm doing great over here. I'm excited about this. Now, becoming a friend of God. And so what we want to do over the course of these weeks, um, you know, actually next week, Pastor John will be ministering uh, for us. And so I'm excited about that. That's my dad, Pastor John Housing um, of Impact Nations. And so I'm thrilled that he'll be sharing things with us. But over the course of these upcoming weeks, going into the new year, 
um, we are going to be <clears throat> talking about and understanding how to become a friend of God and what does that look like. And so today, what we're going to begin on right off this is that we're taking time to know how he operates. And why is this so important that we take the time to understand how he operates? Listen, I don't want to just give you a nice motivational message just to go, rah, rah, everything's going to be good and let's push forward and all that's true and that's great. But I actually want to, what I just have, I believe, is my assignment for these next couple of weeks from the Lord is that you and I begin to learn how our God operates. Because when we learn how he operates, we can partake in what he's doing. And why is this so important? Because Amos 3.3 says this in the New King James. It says, can two walk together unless they be agreed? And the answer is no. I can't walk in close relationship with God if I don't take time to adapt my life to his word. And this is the key. Right? This is key. I have to understand the ways of God. I have to understand how he's operating even right now. I need to know what he's doing. I need to know how he's operating. And I want to just leave you with this. Colossians 1, 13, 14. It says this. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. And he has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So there was a transfer that took place. You got taken out of the kingdom of darkness. And you've been transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. So when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you accepted him into your heart, we are now in the kingdom of God's Son. So I must change my living, my thinking, my believing, simply because this kingdom operates completely different from the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom that is of this world. It has a different thought, the kingdom of God's dear son, the kingdom that you are now a part of by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It has a completely different way of thinking when it comes to finances, when it comes to health, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to marriages, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to you know having a job. What does it look like when I'm working at a job or if I'm an employer? Listen, the kingdom of th this word is filled with God's thoughts. This is what this word is. This word isn't some people that wrote about God. No, this is God's direct word to you and I. This is God speaking to us. And he has a thought. He has got a word and answer for any area in human existence. No matter what you may be going through, God's got a thought on it. God has an answer to it. God's got you know, thoughts. If you think about it, he's got thoughts to it. And so what the kingdom of God is, is that we have coming now that we're in this kingdom. I need to learn the way that God thinks and operates. Because again, by not doing this or not changing my life, my thinking, my ways, ad uh, adopting them to the word of God. This is where a lot of Christians are frustrated. They're confused and sometimes even not interested in pursuing a relationship with Jesus anymore. is because they're trying to live in the kingdom of God. With the kingdom of the world's mentality, it does not work. The Bible clearly says you've been transferred, right? So what's a transfer? It's a complete switchover. So when I've been in the kingdom of darkness, listen, I've been transferred to the kingdom of God's dear son. And in this kingdom is a brand new way of living, a brand new way of thinking, a brand new way of believing that we've got to adopt our lives to. Because if I don't, it's going to be very frustrating for me as a believer. And I know I've, I've worked and I've talked with numerous people that are just frustrated in their Christian life. And really what the answer comes down to is, is they haven't adopted their lifestyle to line up with this word. Jesus, you know, in Luke chapter 6, I'm not going to turn to this is for another time, but Luke chapter 6 and the latter part of Luke 6, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things that I tell you? 
In the Message Bible, I believe it says it like this, that the words that I say aren't mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your way and standard of living. They are foundation words, words to build a life on. That's what Jesus said. His word is not just you know mere additions, just to add to your life and go, oh, that's a good thought. No, they're foundation words, meaning this is how I build and structure my life is according to his word. This is what we are involved in doing from the moment we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now we are in a lifelong process of changing the way we think, adapting our lifestyle to line up with this word. Because when we've accepted Jesus, we have said to him, you are our Lord, you are our King, you are our Master, your way is the right way. Regardless of what I've been taught, regardless of what my family has said, regardless of what my education may have taught me, I'm going to now live my life based on this word. And that's the whole Christian life right there. And that's where the frustrating part is. It's that transfer. It's that switch over. So I want to encourage you as we're going into what we're going to be talking about in these upcoming weeks, have an open heart. Listen, have an open mind to what God's word has to say. And any thoughts that go contrary to this word, we're throwing them out and we're going to stick with what God said. Amen. Cool. We can just chest bump, high five or whatever. Now, as I said, I believe as we take time to dig into the word and answers and clarity will come. I believe that with all my heart. That's my prayer for you. That's what we're believing God for is that clarity comes because this is, I I know this, that God has anointed us. I'm speaking, you know, that those that are connected to this church and I know you, those that are watching connected to this church, we are anointed to preach and teach the word of God so people get it. I want you just to say that with me. I'm anointed to preach and to teach the word of God so people get it. And that's, that's, I know that's what we have here. I know that's the, the grace and the anointing that's on us as a church. Because when we every time we come together to talk about the Word of God, I don't know how many times we've had people come and say, Oh man, dots were just getting connected. Praise God, those are awesome. Man, all of a sudden the light bulb came on. I love hearing those statements because what it is, is God is opening up His Word for you and I to understand it, to grasp it so we can live by it. And that's exciting stuff. Now, we're going to learn how the Kingdom of God operates so that we can be participators in it and experience all that Jesus has come and bought for us and paid for us with his own blood. Jesus paid a tremendous price for you and I, and I want to experience the fullness of life that he came to purchase for me. You know, Jesus said this in John 10.10. He says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I came that they, talk about you and I, that you, that me, that we would have, may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Even in 2020, this is his will. That we would have what? That we would have and enjoy life, have it in abundance, have it to the full, have it till it overflows. You and I do not have to wait for external things to change on the outside in order for you and I to enjoy this life that he came to purchase for us. So this is the life that he came to give us. So I want to experience it. I want to be a participator in it. Another verse I want to give you this is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, it says this in the Passion. Everything that we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us. Say that with me. Already been deposited in us. That means if it's already been deposited in us, are we waiting for something? No, you already got it. Say it. I already got it. I already got it. It's already in me. 
He's already deposited in us by his divine power. Now notice this. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. So all of these things that God has already given us, talking about other translations, say these precious promises that God has already given to us, how do we experience them? By coming to know him, by coming to know who he is, by understanding the ways of God, I become a participant in all the things he's already put on the inside of me. If it's already on the inside of you, you're not waiting to get it. We need to learn how to operate in it. We need to learn how to release what God's already put on the inside of us. And that is a good place. That's a way better place than waiting or, God, why am I not experiencing the fullness of life? Why am I not experiencing your promises in my life? Listen, God already gave it to us. It's you and I now learning to operate with what we already got, learning to get it out from within us already. And this is what we're going to be spending the time talking about for these upcoming weeks. That gets you excited? Good. Me too. Okay. Now let's talk about this. How God operates. How does God operate? God is a God of faith. And you've probably heard that many times, but I want to encourage you. Don't just kind of sit there and go, oh, I've heard all this before. No, no, no. I want you to think of it while you're, while you're sitting there, standing there. Maybe you're listening on podcasts and you're running on the treadmill. I want you just to really think about this. Pretend as if you've never heard this before, right? God is a God of faith. He is a faith God. This is how our God operates. Now, faith then, if this is how he operates... Faith isn't a denomination that you try to be a part of. Faith isn't a movement. Faith isn't something that just gets you out of a jam or out of a tough situation. Faith is a way of life. Faith is a way of believing. Faith is a way of thinking. Faith is a way of speaking. Faith is a lifestyle. In fact, Faith is the only way to deal successfully with any issue that comes your way. And the reason why it's so successful in every area of life is because this is how our Father functions. This is how our God operates. This is how it functions. This is how He functions is by faith. God operates by faith. And I want to show you a couple of verses here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 it says this, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Okay? So how did God form the ages that we're living in? How did God form the universe? He did it by, come on, say it with me, the F word, <laughs> Faith. God did it by faith. Come on, one more time. God did it by how? By faith. Psalm 33, verse 6 and 9 says it like this. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. Again, that's Psalm chapter 33, verses 6 and verse 9. When he spoke, this is verse 9 again. When he spoke, 
the world began, it appeared at His command. God used His faith to create the world, and we know He created it in six days. How did God do that? And I encourage you, go back into Genesis chapter 1 and just see again what God did. And you can see it over and over. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be land. And what happened? There was land. God said, let there be plants and vegetation, and there it was. Right? God said, hey, let, there, you know, let the oceans be filled with creatures, and there it was. You constantly see it. God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. What is that called? That's called faith. That's how God operates. He operates by speaking, seeing. Speaking, seeing. Speaking, seeing. This is how our God operates. And not only did he create the worlds like this, he also dealt with his servants in the Old Testament, his children in the New Testament, he deals with us the same way. And I want to show you this from the example of Abraham. Uh, we're going to go to two different places here, but Romans chapter 4 is really good because Romans 4, of course, uh, the Apostle Paul is giving the example of our, of our father, Abraham, who is the father of faith for us all. And in verse 17, the latter part of this, he says this, God, now notice, notice this, he's going to talk about what, how God operates. You're going to see it right here. God who gives life to the dead. God, what does he do? He gives life to the dead. And God, he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So what does God do? How does God speak? How does God operate? Really, Christians, we got we to get this. Child of God, you've got to see this. How does our Father, not just some God that's out there, how does our Father operate? Our Father operates by calling those things which do not exist as though they do. <laughs> this is how He speaks. So this is sometimes where people kind of, they hear, they see things from the Word of God and they go, how? I don't, I don't quite see this. They don't understand that, first of all, God is speaking from a perspective, first of all, from a spiritual perspective, and what is it who calls those things which do not exist as though they do? That's how He speaks. That's how He talks. And looking now at Genesis chapter 17, go back, then you can, you give the, uh, get the, the, I guess the, the context for where this verse was coming from. And in Genesis chapter 17, 4 through 6, this is again now God speaking to Abram, and he says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Verse 5 says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. Now notice this next, this next sentence. For I have made you a father of many nations. Now at this time, Abram, or Abraham now at this time, is 99 years old, and God promised him a son that would be an heir, an heir to the promise of God through Abraham, an heir, an heir, an heir. And Abraham's hearing this at 99, and so of course you see Abram, if you kind of read down the rest of the chapter, he's saying, let it be done unto Ishmael, my son Ishmael. And God said, no, 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 I will bless Ishmael, but this promise is going to be carried out through Sarah's child, you're in Sarah's child. That's where the blessing is on. That's where this, uh, the, my, my covenant is going to go through. That's where it's going to be. Now, what did God do? God called him a father of many nations. I have made you a father of many nations. Now, think about this. You're 99 years old, and God's saying to you, I have made you the father of many nations. He could have gone and go, Lord, I, that's great, but I ain't seeing nothing. I got one son, Ishmael, that you say the covenant's going to go through. 
Nobody else in my household is going to be getting this covenant. You're calling me a father of many nations. Sorry, nation. I don't even got my own kid that you, that's going to be the blessing. I, how is this going to work? I just don't see it. He calls those things which be not as though they were. He said, Abraham, I don't care what you can't see. I've made you this way. I've called you this way. So what happened to Abraham? He had to have a mind shift. So that's why God even changed his name. And now every time somebody would say, hey, Abraham or Abram, how's it going? Abram would go, no, 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 no. My name ain't Abram anymore. My name is Abraham saying this. What did Abraham do? He lined up his words, his believing, his thinking to line up with what God said about him. Every time he said, my name is Abraham, what is he saying? I am a father of many nations. He hooked up with God and that's what happened. We see the result of that Isaac being born. But again, I want you to see, how does God operate? God operates by faith. And what we see apparently how faith operates, faith calls those things which be not as though they were. Again, we're going to get into that in, in future time. But I just wanted to show you, why is faith so important? Again, because it's not a denomination. It's not some movement that people kind of talk about. What is faith? Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is the way our Father functions. And that's my assignment just for you this morning, is that this is how God operates. He operates by faith. Now again, I want you to think about it. Our Heavenly Father operates this way. He thinks in faith. He speaks in faith. He responds in faith. Everything our God does is by, through, faith. Come on, say it with me. Faith, faith, faith. This is how our God operates. It's by faith. So, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, and if that's you, you know, give yourself a little wave. That's me. Woo, I'm a child of God. I've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into God's dear son. If I'm not part of his family, as his child right now, I want you to hear this. He requires us to live the same way. Faith is not an option for us. Faith isn't something you choose to live in one day and choose not to the next day. You live by faith, the Bible says, and not by sight. There are two ways of living on this earth. It's by faith or by sight. God has called you and I to live our lives by faith. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible tells us this, that we are to be imitators of God in everything that we do. Be an imitator of God in everything that you do. For then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. Again, living by faith isn't an option for the children of God. It's required. It's required that we understand how to live this life of faith. And the wonderful thing is, is that Jesus has qualified you to live this life. Living by faith does not mean that you're living from a very low level. Living by faith, Jesus has called us to live at the level that he lives at. This is where you and I are called to live and operate by. By faith is the highest form of living that you could ever walk and live. Why? Because it's God's way. It's God's way. This is why God is so successful in everything he does. This is why everything that God does is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's wow, God. Why is it? Because he operates by faith. In eternity past, God has operated this way. And for me as his child, I want to learn because I'm going to be with him for eternity future. I want to learn how to operate and function just like my dad does. 
This is how my dad does it, so this is how I do it. Because I don't want to unhook from him. I don't want to disconnect from him, like what Amos 3.3 says, that how can two be together unless they be agreed? I don't want to disconnect from my father. I don't want to disconnect from how he does things. And how he does things is by faith. So it's going to require me now to learn to live this new lifestyle, and I'm totally okay with changing my ways because his ways work. Woo! And I'm glad you're probably pumped about that too yourself. Now, in closing, I'll just give you just these verses. It's Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, Romans 1, verse 17, Galatians 3, 11, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. They all have this phrase, especially in the New King James Bible, it all says that the phrase like this, that the just shall live by faith. Again, living by faith is not an option for us. It's required and because, listen, you and I, we got into the kingdom by faith. And because we were got into the kingdom by faith, what makes us think that we have to live now our lives differently from the way that we got in? We got in by faith, therefore we're going to live by faith. And this last verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, just to show you, for by God's grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is probably what we'll get into next time uh, that, that I'll be preaching but we're going to be talking about this is how heaven operates, by grace, through faith. Why is faith such a big deal to God? Is because God's grace, His goodness, really grace is simply God's ability to move on men's behalf. His heart, His longing to, to work with men, to, to empower them to do His will. Not only just empower, but all the goodness that He has towards mankind. It can only, that's how God gives it. He gives it by His grace. And the only way for us as believers to tap into the grace that God has lavished upon us, it's through faith. Faith is my handle on God and his promises. And God's grace is his handle toward on me and mankind. This is the great exchange that takes place. It's grace and faith, grace and faith, grace and faith, grace and faith, grace and faith. And we see it right here. How did it all start? I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I was saved the new man died, the old, the, or sorry, the old man died, and the new man came in. How did that come? It came as an act of grace through faith. The Jesus hanging on the cross is God's beautiful picture of his grace towards us, his mercy towards mankind. I see that. I heard the good news. What did I do? I responded and said, I believe what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe it with all my heart. And the Bible says, according to Romans chapter 10, the moment I've believed it in my heart and I said it with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, what happened? I got saved. So it was by seeing the grace of God and acknowledging it or saying, I believe that, I take that into my life. That's faith activated in my life. I became born again or a child of God. And that's how I came into the kingdom of God. That's how I got in. That's how you got in. All of us, no matter where you're from, no matter where you live, you could be on the other side of the world. We all came into the kingdom the same way through Jesus by his grace and we responded through faith, and here we are in this kingdom. Now, you and I, we are called to continue to operate and live this way while we are in the kingdom of God. That's all the time that I have for today. But I just want to let you know that we are here for you. We love you. We are standing with you. If you have prayer regarding anything, please don't hesitate to give us a call. You can go on our website. I know there's a prayer request tab. We want to stay connected with you via Facebook, you know, Instagram, any kind of social media platform, or even just email. Or if you want to call us, if you've got questions, if you've got things that are just... 
You, you need prayer. Come, let us know, and we want to work with you because we know that we're all in this together. We are part of the family of God, and we leave no man or woman behind. We are going forward in advancing this kingdom. We love you so very much. Thank you for joining us this morning. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you soon.